Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Just Winging It. It's your girl Osa. And your girl Idia. Yes. We have a guest. We do. We have a guest. We have a... Mm. Introduce yourself, <laughs> sir. Um, I'm Chris. Chris. What Chris, the, the first name, Chris, Chris, last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Dows, Christopher Samuel. Um, I'm just Chris. Okay. Yeah, that's Sam Chris. Awesome. So we have Chris Dows in, and Chris, um, if you don't know, Chris was associated with a popular event called Duce Palooza. Okay. Originally known, he said, okay, uh, originally known as... <laughs> Honey Palooza, Henny Palooza right. but I digress. Um, and we just have Chris here because it's an open forum, and we're having a regular conversation about some unfortunate things that happened during COVID. And um, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. So, as you mentioned, Idia, that there were some allegations that were brought up during our lockdown, pandemic, quarantining thing, um, and. They were accusations towards you yeah. in regards to sexual assault, sexual coercion, and things of that nature. Um, it was a big thing, right? Yeah, it it led to a lot of things. I know I can't even imagine being in your position and feeling those things that you probably felt. Um, can you just... Okay, first of all, what, what were the allegations? <clears throat> Let's hear from the horse's mouth. Um, the things that I was reading, you know... It, It'll probably be like the same things that you you were, you were all reading. It was the sexual assault. It was the sexual coercion. Mm-hmm. It was I've seen rape. I've seen drugging. I saw um, I saw manipulation. One one of them I saw was just like misbehaving. Mm-hmm. That was like another, being a dickhead, being a dick, asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, taking advantage and. Um, yeah, that's probably that whole realm. Um, unfortunately, it seems like it could kind of get gray when it comes to like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And especially when it talks about like defining it and what sexual assault actually is. And the so, issue of consent. Huh? And the, the topic of consent. And the topic well. of consent. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, it just falls under this big umbrella of, you know, so many different things. So, so. <clears throat> Let's just clear this first. Do you have do you have accountability before we even start? Do you have accountability of the the things that you've done? Um so like in terms or of Or what like, can you what, what can you take accountability for accountability for what for? you've done? Like what what part would you admit to playing? Not saying that we're accusing you or whatever cuz at the end of the day these are all allegations mm-hmm. and we don't know what happened we weren't there and because of what you know how Social media is. It's a very PC culture. They want to know if you're if you if you how do you feel? Like, are you accountable for the actions? Yeah, that was a a big. That was a really really big question mm-hmm. um, from a lot of the things that I was seeing and questions that people was asking me. And if you would have asked me six months ago, eight months ago when it happened, it was just like. Psh, I'm I'm a victim, you know. I looked at it as, you know, people just coming at me because of my platform and who I am, and you know, not being a superstar by any means. But it was just like, you know, I was kind of popular. I, I did a a touring event across the country, sometimes internationally, and I got a lot of recognition for it. So it would just be like, this is just an attack, just like it's an attack on every other 
you know, black man and, you know, you, you find yourself in this space when you're hearing all of these things about you and the first thing you do is defense. Mm-hmm. And I was just defending myself, you know, I, I went on IG live and it was just all these people in there. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, listen to me, like, look, look, they, they just want clout, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was an easy way out for me. Like a cop out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you felt attacked. Exactly. So I could easily defend myself with, Everybody's coming at me. Look, look, look at all of this. That and the third. Here are the receipts. <laughs> Here the receipts. I'm bringing out different. I'm bringing out phones from 2016. And that comes off as, you know, but yeah. however it come, however it really comes off. I'm more so internalizing it as, I'm afraid. Mm. You know, I'm afraid because though these are allegations, it comes back to okay, Chris, what did you do? Right, mm. because you can't. Like there's no fire. There's no smoke without fire. Right. There's no smoke without so, fire. You know. So when you so when I'm looking at it, six months later, eight months later, when I have had the opportunity to do the work on myself, when I had the opportunity to speak to professionals, when I had the opportunity to speak with myself and take mm-hmm. that journey and read some books and really delve into life without the distraction of social media, friends, partying, and gatherings and it became a, okay, why did this happen to me? You know? And mm-hmm. I was promiscuous. I dealt with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Being on tour, being back home, it was just a free fall for me. I didn't really care about settling down. I didn't want a girlfriend. I'd be, I'll be i be single for the rest of my life. And this is just what it is. You know, if I didn't like somebody, block them. If somebody wasn't really with it, with having sex, all right, get out my house or get out my car. Or, you know, if you wasn't... With the shits. With the shits, as we say in the culture. It's like, all right, whatever, cool. All right, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's just always kind of like been my swagger and demeanor. It's just always like this, you know, full of ego. Full of ego, you know, drinking from my own cup. And I did that for a very long time. And So can you admit that you did lead women on? Lead women on. Right. So, so yeah, like, I'm I mean, asking, need you to expound on that. So, sure. Like, lead, so having conversations with them um, and whatever conversation that may have been, maybe you liked them and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation of XYZ, which pertaining to sex, right, mm-hmm. is... Hey, I really fuck with you. I think you're cute, whatever, whatever. And then you say, however you say it, like, I want to have sex with you. And mm. and then they're like, no, but I like you, but you weren't on the same. Basically, you weren't on the same page with these women. If I'm, am I wrong? Am I right? Um, like, is it, was it more? Yeah, because there's a lead up to sex. Right. Right. Like, there's like, sometimes. Just that, sometime. Like, there's like that phase where, like you said, like, you're talking and. Like, were you talking to like, these women? Like, were y'all talking? Like, or was like, it just like a, you just met them today and it's like, Jones yo, what's up? And so and let's paint sex, the pi- or like, is it just straight sex? Let's paint the picture, right? Yeah. I was the host of a party with like unlimited alcohol, mm-hmm. with, you know, dancing and <clears throat> and a lot of... It was just a party atmosphere. If you know anything about a party, it's people coming together, grinding on each other, sort of incoherent you know and a lot of the women a lot of the times I would have sex sometimes it'd be like after parties sometimes it would be like during parties mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like so more so like in the moment the heat of the moment yeah but mm-hmm. 
A no lot. Fo- no follow up after that. What happens? Sometimes it's follow up. Sometimes, sometimes people have one night stands. That's, right. That's, that's the that's truth. Not, yeah, that's true. The truth is, sometimes people have one night stands. The mm-hmm. truth is, sometimes people do, you know, things they regret. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's no lead up, and that's what I meant by like no lead up. Gotcha. It's like there was, there's no like, there's no courting. Hey, you got home. No, yeah. No, it's not even the after, it's the like the prior. That's what I was asking about. And that's what you're explaining. Like, because you had access to said amount of alcohol, and so did these women. Well, I'm not even trying to do all of that. But because everyone had access to whatever, right? There was an influx of women. You you were hosting one of the biggest like culture mm-hmm. events. Hosted right. like sponsored by one of the biggest like alcohol cognac brand. alcohol right. brands in the in the world. Right. So with that fame and with that access, right. You know, I could see how some, like, if you're a fan, you're a fan. Like, let's not even try to, you know, beat around the bush. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I also don't want it to make it seem like, you know, I was just here and then they were just like throwing themselves at me. Because that's what it sounds like to me. Right. So let me clarify, because I don't, I don't want that to be like the misconception. Um, Did that happen? Yes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people are just fans of your work and they just want to, you know, sit down, sleep with you, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you speak to a woman. Sometimes you got to go out on a date. Sometimes you got to entertain. And when I say have to, I don't mean in the sense that I got to do this just to have sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you meet somebody, you're into them, they're into you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all been... You go on a date (laughs) and you you talk about the things you do. They talk about the things that they do. Mm -hmm. And you see if you guys want to take it further. Mm -hmm. That happened. Did I talk about what I did? Yes. Did they talk about what they did? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. as far as like leading them on, it's just so great. It's like, is that leading them on? If I sit there and talk about everything that I do in life and the things that I've accomplished or, you know, this, that, and the third, and sometimes it may lead to sex, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I lead you on? Am I am I saying, hey, please be my girlfriend? You know, I want to date you, this, that, and the third. You have sex with them and then you break up with them. Yeah, like, Not no, I'm just... Like, no, I'm absolutely not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I could. Do you think you were too honest? (sighs) I was brutally honest. Mm. I was brutally honest. And what was your reasoning behind that? Like, what, why did you feel? Because honesty is great, right? But, you know, we live in a sugarcoating kind of society where, you know, again, it's the stroking of the ego. It's making people feel good and everything like that. And then it's the the lies, you know, like the dating someone and then having sex with them and then ghosting them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people do, men and women. Yeah. But you being honest, like what was your brutally honest, as you say, what was your reasoning behind that? Oh, man, I didn't want to hurt nobody, hmm. which is ironic because mm-hmm. that's like seemingly all I did. I didn't want to hurt nobody. And one thing they knew about Chris was just like, oh, Chris is going to tell the truth. And it's like, sometimes <laughs> that truth is, yo, you trying to come to the crib? Sometimes the truth is, this is all I want to do. Sometimes the truth is, I don't want to be with you. And for me, I'm just like, wow. Like, I, I tried to always use this brutal honesty to let it so be known. So there won't be any gray area. So there won't be any gray area. And it turned out to be like, could you have been a little bit more sensitive to the people you were encountering? Could you have been a little bit nicer? Could you have, you know, not been so callous when it came to... Could you? Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like it's like your nature, to be honest, and to be, like, very blunt. Yeah, yeah. Should we fault someone for being who they are? You know what I'm saying? Like, I always have this conversation where 
like, damn, like, should we change people for like being their true self, especially if, if there's a consistent behavior? Like, should they change it for said person X, Y, Z? But it's like, do you think like upbringing or like who you're affiliated with had to do with how you treated women or this is just who you were before all of that? Sorry, I'm drinking a lot of water. <laughs> I am so big on like past traumas and like upbringing and, you know, all of those things. 100%. 100% how I grew up. 100%. And this is a lot of the things I talk about in my book. It was just my upbringing contributed 100% to... I, I, I didn't grow up and look at love and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a family where, you know, I felt like my parents were madly in love and they had that inseparable feeling that you feel when you walk into a room and two people are just like, like, Oh my God, this is the, the one for me. I, I never saw that. And even with my outer family or friends or circles, I did not look at the good in people's relationships. I saw the baby mama drama. I saw, the different things that they was going going through. And I was like, the number one thing that I don't want to do is be married. I do not want to deal with what y'all are dealing with. I don't want to be faking the funk. You probably should have got a divorce 10 years ago, but you didn't get a divorce. And now mm-hmm. you guys are making it work because of outside opinions or the kids. And that's something that I'll never do. So no, I will not be in a relationship. No, I will not get married. I will just sit here and do do me for the rest of my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it it's it's tough to live like that because there's no control. Mm-hmm. One thing I think marriage does is it controls you in a good way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there can be there can be bad instances, but you know, I think that's why, you know There's accountability in marriage. Yeah. I think that's that's why women is like the beginning of wisdom, especially for men, because mm-hmm. it it forces us to become wise. It forces us to sit down. It forces us not to go out and, and party all night. It forces us to come home at a reasonable hour. Mm-hmm. It forces us to really sit down and w- consider someone else outside of ourselves. And that was something I didn't want to do, didn't care about doing. I'm not considering nobody else. I'm young. I want to live free and continue to you know, be the this best version of the superior being, all ego, all ego. So do you think that kind of failed you? Like not being able to see that and like, do you think it basically like failed you in terms of like the decisions that were made, like in terms of like how you treated the woman? I think it was the overindulgence, right? It was the no limit. It was like, it could never be enough. For me, it was never enough. You'll have sex with a, with a woman it it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. You'll you're just looking for the next woman to be with. You know, it's an addiction. It really is. Even the partying, it's an addiction. Even the drinking, it's an addiction because it's never enough partying. There's never enough alcohol. I, there was never enough success. Like yeah, you I, talked about that in your interview with your girl. Yeah, friend? my girlfriend. Um, and you talked about the sex, the drugs, the right. fame, and everything, and how no, like you no were, drugs, but yeah, no, not drugs. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Retract um, that, retract, retract. No drugs. <laughs> But you talked about the fame and the success and like, you know, the influx of women and how that could definitely affect you as far as like a man and your ego. Yeah. Right. And Correct. how how like on a daily basis, like how like you because you also in that interview, you talked a lot about like, I guess there's a separation of Chris Styles and like Chris. Yeah. Right. And there were some moments where you were talking like, oh, that's Chris Styles talking. Yeah. And, I feel it coming. <laughs> coming up um, but, you know, that ego, you know, right. like what. 
I don't want to say were you insecure. Was that was it was was there some insecurity behind that that made you feel like now you're on top of the world, you're untouchable, you're unstoppable, you're invincible as well? Yeah, I was afraid. I was insecure. Mm-hmm. I was I wasn't the coolest kid in high school. I, mm-hmm. I didn't drive the fastest car. I I, I was. I was a skinny kid, you know, mm-hmm. coming in. I wanted to be the one with the most money and the most women. And, you know, we pin ourselves against other men, not even knowing it, right? Like part of the culture is just like who has the baddest chick or who has the most expensive, you know, buying all the, the you know, the jewelry. This is all, this is, this is all the ego. This is all the crystals, you know, and it's, it's all part of me. And it's that constant battle. It's that fighting that, that insecurity, that, that ego, that little kid, you know, that first got his heart broken in high school, mm-hmm. you know, junior high, you know, you're always fighting that person. So 100%, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get a little personal. Go ahead. Not too personal, but um, I know you lost your father. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Um, I can't even imagine. Uh, whatever, you this know. year? 2019. Two, yeah. But it was leading up to what? To this, yeah, in, in some yeah. ways, in some ways. But yes. do you think, like, what he, what would he, what have, he, what would he have said to you, with you going through this now? What would my father have said to me? Um, that's interesting. I never really thought about it like that. That was a, when I got quote unquote canceled. Um, the first place I went to was my father's grave. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like me losing my father, you. It was me losing parental control, right? Because your father is like the first person you want to impress. Mm-hmm. Your father is like the first person you don't want to let down. Your father represents that that figure in your life that you're just like, okay, let me make sure you know my dad is okay and with what I'm doing and this, that, and the third. I think my dad would say everything my mother said to me, you know, which I also document in the book. It was just. What do you need? Are you okay? <laughs> like a lot of the questions, like, what did your mother say? It's like, my mother said what I hope, what every mother would say to their child that is going through a difficult time. I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry the world has this view of you. I don't know what exactly is going on. I know my son, you know, mm-hmm. but is there anything that I could do for you? My well being was at the forefront of her mind. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, what would my fa- my father, my well-being would be at the forefront of his mind. Mm. I, so no rep- no reprimanding, nothing of that sort. What does that sound like to you? Well, for most from the context I have mm-hmm. is that your father is Nigerian, mm-hmm. right? And I know that with African parents, there's always <laughs> that, you know, I don't know if you have that experience, but I know with African parents in general, it's a, the thing of pride, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like the family name, the legacy, your representation of us outside of this household. Mm-hmm. So with all of these things happening, again, I don't know your father, don't know the relationship you have with him, but coming from like an African first generation American, and I, I could hear my mother being like, what did you Osa, do? are yeah. you okay? Yeah. But why would you do that? Yeah. You know, like, why? Mm-hmm. who told you to do that? What, what made you think that was okay? What made you th- think that was appropriate? Whatever. Whatever that is considered to her. And any other parent, I'm sure. Of course, you want to coddle your child. You want to keep them safe because th- th- they should be your comfort place. But also, the parent would also come out like, what happened? Asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a... The hard-ending questions. It's like, you fall. Are you okay? 
but don't do that again. Don't go, don't go, don't touch that hot stove anymore. Don't, don't go to that playground anymore. Don't play with those people. Yeah, but like what you're describing, I don't think that's reprimanding so much. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, you know, along the line. also in a loving way. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like yeah. you're like the, you're the scum of the earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. going to be some hard questions that you probably never expected your parents to ask you. Like explain to me. Right. You know. Unless you mean? have that relationship. Oh, well, I don't think, you know, again, reprimanding, no. Um, asking me what what happened what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. are you okay that mm-hmm. would be my father's response mm-hmm. you know i was my father's pride and joy like anything that i did are you the only son no i was the oh. youngest and oh, he okay. was the youngest mm-hmm. so anything i did is not you know my father you know mm-hmm. nigerian he they beat you you know <laughs> <laughs> you know my father was definitely you know one of those but it was something like this and something yeah especially career wise and instead of third it's important that you're there for somebody, mm-hmm. and I and I know that he would have recognized that. Did it he was ever more question important. your career choice? My father never told me he was proud of me mm-hmm. until he added me on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> so he could show his friends. He's, 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 he's like, he's like, this is this is you. Wow, I'm proud of you. So I'm like, wow, you know, I graduated college, got a good job, you know, mm-hmm. and now you're proud of me. <laughs> so the viral videos and stuff like that he would he would repost it more than you know people around me would repost it right. he was so proud because i was doing something that i loved i was doing i was in my own element i was mm-hmm. i was enlightened when i was on that stage you know i operated from that place so yeah so, um yeah. so what would you, would you cuz i feel like we kind of briefly touched on the accountability part but we didn't really delve into it cuz i feel like you didn't really answer the question okay. um so one like what things do you you did mention, like, you know, whatever happened, like, you going out with some people, not going out with some people, um, being brutally honest is something that you stand firmly in. And are there any things that you would have done differently? I would have, I would have been, so when you say done differently, I don't want to make it seem like if I could go back in time, would I change things? Because I wouldn't do that. But if I would have been more respectful of, uh, women, I would have been more respectful of myself. Mm-hmm. I would have been more respectful of my space. I wouldn't have been so inviting. I wouldn't have been so callous, like I mentioned before. I I just would handle with care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Everything that I learned to that point, it was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Block. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? It, I always dealt with things that way, and that was wrong. I would deal with it much, much better. I would stop using crystals as a flashy car, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's who I am. That's how I would use my name, and that's how I would use myself to get women. Um, it was just like, you know, God, I'm so guilty fornicating for my status, right? It's just like mm-hmm. that line right there. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm popular. I know you want to be with me. I think I look at it as an exchange. Mm-hmm. I look at it as you get to be with somebody that, you know, probably you don't think that you could probably be with and I can just get to have sex. I get to keep feeding that that mm-hmm. drug. And yeah, I would I would handle with care. I would be more respectful and I wouldn't I wouldn't be so hard. So on a scale of one to ten, how many times how often were you Chris Styles? Operating as Chris yes, Styles, like living your day to day life as Chris Styles. Outside of the events, when I it, when I logged in, when I picked up my phone, I was Chris Styles. 
So that's a lot of the times because we always on our phone. When I went out, I was Chris Styles. When I did an event, I was Chris Styles. When I was on my podcast, I would float in and out. I think that was more a lot. I would think that was a lot of Chris. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I operated from ego 90, 95, 95% of the time. Mm. As men, you know, everything is like so so much bravado. It's just so much ego. It's just so much everything. Right. Even with each other, when we talk to each other, it's just always, yeah, I'm better than, I got this, I got, you know, so I was always operating from ego because it was all I knew. And it, mm. you know, if you know anything about the ego, the ego just wants more it doesn't it's never enough to satisfy chris styles you know so i want to ask you do you think this was planned like do you think this whole thing was planned because i'm coming from a i'm coming from a, a like this duality right like we were all on the twitter when this shit happened or i was looking we was looking like looking for the updates and then once you were let go from this event, we didn't hear anything else. Like, though that anonymous page basically was done. Like, it was like, we got... <sighs> He's gone. <laughs> My work is done. Twitter just stops. And for me, it kind of was like... Like, what was the domino it, it effect? Felt, it, felt, it felt very much... I, I don't blame the victim. Like, I'm, I'm very aware that sexual assault happens. I'm very, very aware of that. I'm saying the way it looked outside looking in, maybe it's too many African movies I'd be watching. Like, it was just <laughs> like, underlying his, story. his career is finished. We did the job. The deed is done. Now we can just move on with our lives. We don't, it's like, we don't hear anything else about the woman. Like, I know you said that, you know, on the live that you went to the precinct. It, it just seemed like you did a lot of the, 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 the work in terms of that self, that part to clear your name and like nothing came out of it. Yeah. On the other side. I, it was a calculated attack. hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, there were fake pages writing, you know, businesses that I was working with, friends, partnerships it, leading up to this. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was always coming. It was coming. It was coming. It was, you know, people I've gotten. Do you rest- think it was someone that you knew? Restraining orders against? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Unfortunately, when we use in social media, we could hide by so many different IP addresses and so many different fake pages and so many, you know, anonymous everything. It, no pun, you know, because I was <laughs> traveling anonymous and yeah. then you have. So the fact that you could just hide behind so many different anonymous things, you know, I, I struggled just fighting, mm-hmm. fighting, fighting, fighting back and. I loved what I did. And if you know anything about love, love is not a fight. Love is submission. So I had to submit. I had to submit to whatever was being said. I had to submit to everything that was being done. Because the more I fight it, the more I fueled it. And whatever you whatever you fight, you fuel. And I had to take a step back. So me going to the precinct, me getting those restraining orders, me yelling. I was yelling at the top of a mountain. No one could hear me. Like, this is, you know. But not yeah. attacking what I needed to attack, which was within. And me having that conversation with myself opened everything to me. I knew, you know, I've read the 40 plus anonymous stories. I know they never happened. Like, I knew that. Because there was actually a girl who um, who kind of, I guess, was playing off the... Uh, off of the anonymous. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just very, I don't, I don't know. Like 
I was very, very conflicted because I guess it's one of those things is like, you know, the person like, you know, we we know each other from our neighborhood. Right, right, right. And it was like, I know Chris could be a dickhead, but like, I don't really know. Like, I know like bitches that he fuck with and I know how he could be, whatever like that. But it's like when you heard the word rapey, I think that was the word that was being thrown around a lot. And I think verbiage has a lot to do with it. Yeah. What did you do when you heard that? Because rape is not no, a word yeah. or a, anything to even play with. Yeah. So for one, you have the luxury to say, I know Chris growing up, you you know, so, and I say luxury, not because of. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Yeah. Hear me out. Come I on, say, Chris Niles. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, right? Um, I say luxury in the sense that not everybody had the privilege to speak from that place of, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I know who you were. I know people you've been with. I know these things. Most people that could just come from the standpoint of, I don't know who the hell this is. All I could see is these negative things. Mm-hmm. So when I say luxury, it's a luxury to meet you. It's a luxury to meet me. It's a luxury to be in your presence. I believe that. So you have the luxury to say, I, I could speak and say, that's not who that is. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody the majority of the people reading this, the majority of people seeing this, they're not looking at it like, I know who that is. I know, you know, people they've been with. So they have to look at it through the lens. So I can't even blame people, right? Because we've all been guilty of chastising somebody, crucifying somebody before we get the facts, uh, looking at a story and just going with whatever emotion that we have initially or not even knowing the story, making up a story in our head and going with that. We've all been victim of that. So I wanted to speak to that um, too. The rapey was just like, what is that? You know, I was like, what is like, you, you can't go to a jury, to a judge and say, you know, I want to convict this person of rapey, right? Like it's not a real thing. And that's what we have to be very sensitive with creating terms that Mm -hmm. really are attached to a greater term Mm -hmm. that is punishable to death in our society. Let's be real. You rape somebody, you deserve to die. You deserve right. to be stoned. You deserve the electric chair. That is one of the most heinous. So mm-hmm. to have that and the DMs, and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading, it, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, you don't even know. Like, yeah, yeah. Fighting, fighting, fighting. You know that broke me. That broke me. Right? Me getting rape. Me? You? You think I forcibly entered somebody? You know, and yeah. again, these are fake pages. These are people that don't know me. These are, you you, you could easily get caught up on that. So where are your friends now? I was going to say, yeah. Speaking of career and friendships and the people where that quote unquote know you. Yeah. Where are they? How, like, what what does that look like? When when it happened, what does it look like now? now. Mm-hmm. So when it, when it happened, it was just, it was radio silence. Mm-hmm. It was, it was radio silence. And... Again, I can't fault them for that. Why? Because it was a tumultuous time. It, one, COVID-19. Two, what is happening? The person that I've kicked it with 10 years, six years, all of this stuff is happening. Is this, is this true? It was overwhelming. Right. A lot of the stuff that was coming out was extremely overwhelming. I mean, for 40 quote unquote accounts yeah, to come out. Right. You know, so you're encounters not thinking, with you, that's right. a lot, you so, know? So you're not thinking, oh, this is fake. You're not thinking, oh, you know, 
you're not thinking, oh, this this could possibly be, you know, incorrect, or you're just like, this is too much. Right. And then they have brands to protect. They have names to protect. They have businesses to protect. They have to feed their families. They're protecting something too. Should they die on the cross with me? publicly for everyone because you know so part of what i said was distance yourself too like i'm not mad about that part but what about coming out publicly and denouncing you i'm not i'm not even mad because i straight think about up it, right straight God up forbid if it was also me and also right. very very close friends right. we've been through everything if this situation was to happen to her i know you but it, also, I, would I, wouldn't, I wouldn't force you. I wouldn't you. force you to do anything public, right? Because, again, like what you said, you have your friends have brands to protect, mm-hmm. and and they their names and whatever their their accolades, right? And it's a thin line, especially when it comes to like public viewership of how to how to navigate that behind the, the scenes. Yeah, but I won't come out to. I won't go on a podcast and be like. I'm done with this bitch. Like she, you know what I'm saying? Like, was I'm that like, what I happened? Do that. So, Besides, like, do say Palooza. But what you gotta, what you also gotta understand is like, these are like, this is big business. I'm right. This is big brands. These are people that literally feed their families, gotcha. right? And their employees, yeah, more, and the, <laughs> off of what they do. Mm-hmm. Right, you so understand the side of it. So, it's just purely logic, whether emotional business. or not. This is business. Like right. I, business wise, I cannot attach myself to this. Right. This is crazy, and this ain't even got nothing to do with me. Mm. This ain't none of my business. Mm-hmm. What he was doing out there, that's none of my business. Mm. You have to take that into account, and that's something that I had to sit down six months ago, eight months ago. How could you do this to me? You know, yeah, a hundred percent. Eight months later, you do the work. You sit down with yourself. You look in that accountability mirror, and then you really sit there and say, "Okay." And then you recognize their positions mm. and the things that they have to protect as well. And God forbid, I say the wrong thing. Now they're trying to cancel me. Mm. You know, they 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 coming from that perspective. Did you ever think you would be canceled? Did you ever see yourself as cancelable? Um. I'm going to get there. I just wanted to finish <laughs> this this one part. And so with that, mm-hmm. I always resonate with the public denouncing and, you know, just that and the dirt. Not speaking to some people for like a week, mm-hmm. two weeks, a month, two months, some even till this day. Hit me on the side is what I, you know, is how I would handle the situation. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Yo, Chris, listen, I know things got crazy this time. And, th- and I got to take into account, they probably believe in some of it. Right. So they reluctant to even, my mind, you know me for six years, 10 years, like hit me up. Like, let me just, just check on, like I was, I was crying out for help. Mm-hmm. I really was. I was crying out for help on IG Live. I was crying out for help on Twitter. Everywhere except for where I needed to be crying out for help from. But so cancel. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Me? Mm-hmm. No. I make too many I, I make too much people money. Mm. I, I make too much there goes Krista. I make too much people money. You thought you were invincible. Y'all can't y'all can't stopping me is stopping you. Mm. So you stop me, your show is done. You stop me, you can't do that no more. But one man don't stop the show. 
at never, never, never. Even a one man show, we're going to find somebody else. (laughs) We're going to find somebody else. And that's the truth. You think the culture failed you though? Because I know after, you know, the interview that you did on, on your YouTube, like it seemed like you looked up to the culture, like the culture was hip hop. Like this is what you love. This is what you're passionate about. That's it's your energy. Do you think it failed you completely? No. The culture gave me exactly what the culture gives somebody in that situation. The culture gave me exactly what it gives the person holding up guns on their IG lives and holding up uh, guns in their pictures and and walking around with red bandanas. The culture gave me exactly what the culture gives somebody that's promiscuous, that sleeps with many women, that is out there gallivanting and doesn't really consider themselves and their space and respect other people. The culture gives me exactly what is given everybody else in that situation. When you look at any of the other people in that world that these kinds of things happen to, that worship and glorify the things that is in our culture, this happens. You can't escape this part of the culture. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's either you change yourself or you will be a, a victim of that culture, which is not a victim, which is the result of the disrespect to women, hmm. the, the the spending money recklessly, the walking around and not respecting anybody, not respecting yourself and disrespecting your family and disrespecting your friends and being all about money or being all about sex or being all about drugs. This is what comes from the culture. Hmm. The culture didn't fail me. It gave me what it gives people in that predicament. So the battery in your back. The what? The battery in your back to be that person. Yeah. They, they, the, the culture made me. Hmm. It created that persona. It created that bravado. The culture would, you know, you can't you can't just be with somebody because it looks all glamorous and it looks all fire and it looks all good and then be upset when it don't turn out the way you expected it to turn out. Mm-hmm. That's not the culture's fault. That's your fault. You didn't take into account the totality of what you were doing. But there's no manual to this. Hmm. There's no manual to life. Right. There's no manual I mean, to like. It was normalized for a long time. Like you, you see the thing. You, you, you've seen it. Like niggas, you know, rappers pouring champagne on bitches' heads and like it, it's, yeah. it's. It, I, ugh, I, I loved it. it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, I speak about it again in the book, Bloody But In Bow. I, I loved that. Hmm. I couldn't wait to become that. I couldn't wait to get the champagne and pour the ace of spade in the club. Mm. What? I couldn't wait to be with the baddest chick, to write the baddest chick on Instagram and she write you back. I couldn't wait to to buy the jewelry, the, the Rolex. Why? I couldn't wait. What? To sit there and talk. You know, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. And... You got it. They couldn't wait either. (laughs) (laughs) So earlier you talk about, you know, doing the work and, you know, accountability and everything like that. What did and what does that look like for you? For me, it it looks like opening opening up a book. I never I never read before. Right. I didn't I don't need to read, you know, but I figured it out. (laughs) I figured it out. Look at me. I'm on the biggest stages in the world. What do I need to Every leader reads. Period. Hmm. <laughs> um, I opened a book and I was just exposed to, and I'm reading ideologies from 30 years ago. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, I've been really missing out. I mean, you said in the interview that they really do be hiding stuff in the books. 
everything. Yep. Everything. Have you been to therapy? Yeah, I've been to therapy. I've been to, I was in therapy. I started therapy about two years ago, but it was just like on and on. It's like so hard to be consistent and keep paying. And But after the situation happened, it was just like, all right, let's sit down twice a week. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just therapy. I feel like people just like to throw it's out self work because it because it sounds really no it's it's way more than therapy the ther- the therapy is not it's a good start it's a good start mm-hmm. but that ain't the work because the things that you're gonna uncover in therapy some some people are not even ready to uncover wait what I'm like I'm like that mm-hmm. Th- this is what I've been doing. For the path. So you mean to tell me that time when I was young and I witnessed, you know, this as a kid that it has an effect on the way I treat. You mean to tell me my parents' marriage has an effect on the way I treat women, my relationship with my mom. You mean to tell me all of that is connected? What's happening? And then once that happens, it's like, all right, then you have to still work. It's like going to church and just the pastor telling you, oh, you got to go home and read the Bible. You got to go home and study. You know, that's the di- the, the difference between the wealthy and, and the poor, right? And not just financially, but of the mind mm-hmm. is they study, they practice every day. Mm-hmm. You don't leave it alone. It, the worst thing in the world you could tell somebody is there's a finish line. There's no finish line. There's just the journey right. and you just continue it. And that's it. Well, speaking about your book, Bloodied But Unbowed. 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 Sorry. That was a Nigerian in me. My bad. Um, so you submerged yourself in books and you read a lot. And, you know, what was like, what prompted you, beside reading a lot of books, what prompted you to say, I'm going to write a book? Um, I had I had a thought in my head. One of my bros had like, no, I had to throw it in my head. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna write. Was a this book. prior to the allegation? No, this is like after the allegation. I'm like, okay. yeah, I'm gonna just put everything in this in a story. Like, I feel like my story needs to be told, mm-hmm. but everybody feels like you're the protagonist, and you, everyone's the protagonist in their story. So I'm just like, I need to tell my story. But what writing does, the gift of writing, is like the gift of like reflection. Mm-hmm. It's the gift of just sitting down and going through every single thing and just really the inner workings of you mm-hmm. and writing it's just so profound so if no one buys the book this was a part of my work mm-hmm. to get to where I am I'm good because I had to write that's why it's, it's the journal of crystals because this was me writing this was me understanding what was going on my frat brother had called me he said I had a dream about you and this was like three months after my uh, situation Um, he said I had a dream we was like backstage and you were with your girl and we was I was like yeah you probably dreamed about me because you haven't hit me up since the whole thing happened that was your subconscious (laughs) right and so (laughs) you know I I like to make people feel guilty I don't know but so what's your sign (laughs) here we go (laughs) Um, going through that he he had that we had that conversation I just explained to him everything that's been going on he's like you need to write a book I was like okay and every day writing a book is so hard so much commitment I wrote a paragraph every day Mm. write a paragraph every day for 60 days you know 
And then some days it's going to be more than a paragraph. Right. So that that put that spark. It was the spark was already there. I just needed that push. And when he said, "Yo, you need to write a book because this is helping me," in the conversation he told me, "This is helping me," and I was like, "Wow, okay." And it was a no brainer after that. Yeah. So what do you like? Firstly, what how has the, the reception been from you know your the your first first time author? Have people been receptive to it? Have people not? Yeah, no. It it's been such a rewarding, rewarding process. The first person I spoke about the book with was my mom, right? She bought five copies. Mm-hmm. She's just like, she sat down, she read it, and we just sat there and we talked. Right? We didn't it wasn't banter though. Like we talked, mm-hmm. my mother and I. Some of the things that, you know, is in the book is really explicit and some of the things that is will hold her accountable and so much of the things it was just like, wow, this is such a refreshing conversation. It forces you to have a conversation. It forces me to put everything in from in my closet and throw it out there to the world. Because when that happens, people start feeling comfortable about themselves, their insecurities mm-hmm. and the things that they maybe fought, fell short on. So that has just been such a rewarding part that everyone that's read it has just hit me up and just been like, wow. Did you think it was going to be taken really well from people because of all the stuff that you've been through like in the last six months? Like, mm-hmm. do you, Did you think people were actually going to buy the book? No. You know, that's we get lost in our heads. We get lost in our insecurities. You know, that insecure kid. You just like nobody's gonna care. No one wants to know my story. Nobody's gonna read this. No one's gonna listen to this interview, right? So, mm-hmm. but then, you know, you keep that kind of mindset. You just, you're just blown away by the few, even the few. I used to get praise in such large quantities, selling out a show and doing a festival and IG, all of those likes and comments. Now I can really get that intrinsic value of just like one one person just, yo, Chris, can I talk to you? Like, I got my young boy in Atlanta. He's just like, wow, like, just talk to me. Now I can get that value, that one-on-one. And it's not just a thousand people I've never met, but somebody could just actually hit me up and I could just value a real conversation. It's just been infinite. And I have another um, question. So I noticed that you found love within the storm. Mm-hmm. Has this changed, like, this love changed your life? Oh, man. Uh, Do you think it's, like, kind of saved you? I think getting canceled saved me. Mm-hmm. Adversity imparts wisdom. Wisdom is my woman. Wisdom is controlling my vices. When I, Like I said, when I celebrate a year with my girl and I'm celebrating sobriety. <laughs> I'm celebrating not being a victim. I'm celebrating love. I'm celebrating someone I could share my world with, someone I could witness life with. That's a celebration. I understand. If I knew that, what I know now, right? That's what they... I, I can't quantify what she means to me. Hmm. Does she have any like reservations with dealing with you? Because I know it's probably not easy with, with dating somebody who was accused of, you know, sexual assault or, you know, stuff like that. Like, how do you do that? Right. 
I mean, I don't know if I could. I don't <laughs> like to be like just. How do you do that? Yeah. How do you st- how do you how do you stand by somebody's side and and put your 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 name your face right next to them and just say I got you? How do you do that? She's a human being, like you're a human being. She had the same feelings that anybody would have, and mm-hmm. to those, how do you do that? <laughs> so. I know that was a little ambiguous. <laughs> right, I was like, I'm waiting for the answer. Like, like, that was a rhetorical have question. Have, do you have to have a conversation? Like, listen, like, this is my side. This is what happened. Like, yeah, I, but she was with me when I'm following police reports and, you know, going to police stations. And, oh, because you guys were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was. She, she was, just wasn't. Yeah, she there. was always, yeah. like, there. Like, she was. Sometimes things in life force you to just, like, all right, you know, I got to stop. Yeah, I gotta stop. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I just gotta do what I gotta do. You know. So explaining a lot of the stuff to her, she saw the fake pages. Like we we went over those things before. Like those those people were coming at me for months. Mm-hmm. Those, so before the internet got. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and that's when I would I would see like a page get shut down. I was like, okay, cool. I have like detectives. Um, call people and do things like that. And How far in advance before it became like a big like thing on social media was it happening? I want to say since like January, February of this year. Yeah, so January. Not that long. No, January, February. It started, and you know, this there's just there's just other things, other factors uh, that it just so much, so much happened before April 28th. So much happened before that day. So on in the interview with your girlfriend, you talk about celebrating being free. Mm-hmm. Like, what does freedom look like to you now? Truth. Mm-hmm. When they say the truth sets you free, it's not just like an idiom or... It's not just like a saying or, right. you know... When it, freedom looks like truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to post things I didn't really want to post, but I was getting paid, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was posting things because I had an obligation to a brand. I was posting things because, you know, I can't say this, what I really want to say because I'm friends with this person and there might be conflicting. So, you know, the, the truth is freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at, you know, this book and I really picked it up and I saw my name on there and I, I looked at my ISBN number and... I opened the pages and I looked at it. There was freedom because I got to speak 100% from me without anyone saying, don't post that. I got to really speak from, you know, that person. It's yeah. amazing. Do you think you can be uncanceled? Um, I think that... <laughs> Because it's subjective. Cancel culture, you know. Because right, we canceled H and M, and look at yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on with that. Yeah. I I realize people don't cancel things that they need, right? Because they they only canceled half of the people that canceled me never been to a party. Mm. Half of the people that canceled me never listened to my podcast. Half of the people that canceled me never even engaged. So when I, I remember Black Twitter had canceled Uber until the lift prices was too high. Right. You know what I mean? Hmm. You're going to have those people that will never, ever support you. But those people never supported you. <laughs> so do you think it's more so groupthink? 
like the same oh. thought that shared common the same thought that shared amongst common people that have the same like perception of life or whatever that that was the most rewarding thing for me going through my journey and beginning my journey was not being on social media mm-hmm. I didn't have Twitter anymore I didn't have Instagram anymore I didn't go on Facebook it was just me myself my work my lady my family it it was community which is number one on the list of values right not you know money is like fifth but community it's number one. That's why people could be in third world countries and still have smiles on their faces and kick a can because they're in a community. So I had my community around me and I was just, every time I would scroll, it would just be like endless. It would be aimless. It would be nothingness until I put it down. And I was just like happy. I, I was getting other people's emotions that I didn't even have. I would see people post things and I would feel a way about what they posted or not feel like it would just have such an out uh, an effect on my day or my mood that once I put it down, it's just not real. <laughs> One of my frat brothers that called me, he said, get off Twitter. Right. I'm like, but he's like, it's not real. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's not real. The fact that someone had to scream to me, Twitter is not real was crazy. Was crazy. It's not real. <laughs> yeah. So, so I had to put it down and get to what was real. Yeah. What do you see yourself doing like now that you're not doing the show? The show, the like parties. what? Like what do you see yourself doing now that all of that is? I want to say done. It's funny. I was because you guys had told me you wanted to rebrand your stuff and I was like oh that's so dope because I was going through a rebranding process anyway before I had got canceled I, I was tired of posting the women dancing on me I was tired of posting the parties and the Harlem shaking and I was just so tired of I was just so tired of being this caricature of myself so I, I was going through and I wanted to get into like life coaching and speaking engagements and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like so great this is gonna be like the black boy's bible bloody but unbowed it's going to be the black boy's bible and i'm going to be such this great person for so many people for so many people i mean they're going to hear our conversations they're going to hear my voice they're going to hear your voice and we're going to be so great to so many people that's what it's going to look like because that's what it is mm-hmm. i don't live in the future i don't live in the past i live in the now mm-hmm. and right now that is what's happening and that is the greatness that we are showing the world and we're going to continue to show that. We're going to continue to writing. We're going to continue to speaking. We're going to continue the vulnerability. We're going to continue the accountability. We're going to continue everything that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it will be rewarding because it's rewarding right now. So. so what advice would you give to young boys, especially young black boys who <laughs> may be on a similar path that's that kind of mirrors yours what advice would you give who them? love the rappers who love the culture who love the instagram the twitter it's fake it is fake speak up we can't hear you <laughs> it's not real i would i would scream to them what my friend brother screamed to me it's not real right. you know you see the people posting you see the jewelry you see the money you see the happiness you see the women it's not real you know, a lot of these people are miserable and not telling you because I'm like hating. It's like, oh, they must be miserable. No, they're miserable. Be- I was miserable. 
I was depressed. Think about what it means to be promiscuous, right? That compulsiveness, Mm -hmm. that endless cycle that never ends. That sounds like depression. Why are you chasing your tail? I was a dog chasing his tail. And I would tell him what you're looking for is already in you. Mm. You have to activate it. You got to go find it. You got to go... You got to go searching for that. You got to go. It's in you. It ain't in, oh, once I become, once I hit 10,000 followers, it's going to happen. Once I got $50,000, it's going to happen. Once I get the Rolex, it's going to happen. No. I bought the Rolex and I was like, this is it? Because our mind, we just want. Mm -hmm. Our mind is obsessed with wanting, not having. That's why as soon as you have it, you want something else. Right. So don't make that the goal because it's not a goal. The goal is you. The goal is inside of you. You need to find that gem. You need to find what that thing is and you will live a life that you, you know. So the term money does not buy happiness is blank to you. Is real. Hmm. No, it's fake. Money does not buy happiness. It's fake. Yes, Money buys happiness. You kidding me? Like, right? I mean, I reached that level of nirvana. (laughs) But what you said, you bought the Rolex, and you were like, you were wanting for more, right? Because happiness is momentary, right? Joy comes with, from within. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to search for joy. You don't want to search for happiness. Money money doesn't buy happiness. Yes, it does. Go If you want happiness, go ahead. But happiness is also a drug. Happiness fades. Happiness right. goes the away. Dopamine. You know what I mean? Happiness is that dopamine that they speak about. So it's just like, yeah, no, happiness, money does buy happiness. Money doesn't buy joy. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of happiness, but it was a drug. It was just a hit. And every time I would need another hit, it would just be hit, 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 hit. And then now I could look within myself. I could look at myself and be supremely happy, mm-hmm. infinitely happy with what I already have. Because then you'll never be happy with something else that will come along. We will right. be happy for a moment and it'll fade. So what would you tell your future daughter about what you're going through today. Mm. I've never gotten that question before. Can I get a second? Think about it. Take it. Because I think about it because I have girls and the the conversation of consent and like, I notice a lot of the times, I don't know if your mom has had the conversation with you, but like a lot of the times our parents don't have conversations about this is how a guy should treat you or like, this is not okay in a relationship or this is not, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have these hard conversations. It's like, if you're going to have sex, use a condom. That's it. It's never like, don't bring home no babies. You know, it's never, it's never deeper than that. There's so, and I thank God, you know, for the, the women that I have in my life who, who are my OGs who have taught me like, not like, niggas talk to you like that. It's a, it's over. You control this, the narrative. What would you tell your daughter? Yeah. About your situation. Today. I would I would tell her what I would tell my son. And it would that would be be accountable. Mm. Be accountable for everything that you do. If you are out there with some rent, be aware of what you're doing. 
If you are getting too drunk at parties, be aware of what you're doing. Now, are things going to happen? They happen to anyone. Bad things happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. I would teach my son, be accountable of what you're doing. Don't think and don't think to point the finger at someone else. Look at yourself. What about what's happening right now? Could you have done differently or should you be doing differently? And how will this affect you in the future? How will this impact people in the future? How will this impact people right now? How will this impact the person you're with? Be accountable for what you do. Should you go out there late at night? And, and, and be kicking it at 2 a.m.? Probably not. Should you be sitting here getting drunk, turning up every night? Maybe not. So the, the conversation I'm going to have with my son is going to be the conversation I have with my daughter. Get yourself out of these situations as much as possible. Be accountable of what you're doing. Be aware of what you're doing. Don't just do things. Because... Things come with those things. With this smoke, there's fire. Like you said, Absolutely. you don't want to create a place that is smoky. You don't want to create a place that is on fire. Yeah. Get out of there. Don't be in that situation. And if you do find yourself in that situation, be accountable. Because they're going to learn much more from that situation than they will not being in it. Agreed. All right. <laughs> that shit caught me off guard. <laughs> Any final words or thoughts you would like to leave the people them with? The people them with. <laughs> what do you want to tell? Let me. What do you want to tell your listeners? Um. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, Chris. Where thank can we so find much. you on the interwebs if you're willing to be found? Um, book. Where is it at? Where is it on? Yeah, where can we buy? Oh, Chris Dow's, Um, on Twitter. C H R I S T. Okay, because there's another Chris Dow's. Oh yeah. Can you spell it out? <laughs> because yeah. I be getting confused sometimes. I'm like, is he a musician? Like, yeah, I'm yeah, they, they be right. <laughs> he was like trying to go on like Vlad to talk wrong, about wrong guy, <laughs> wrong guy. Yeah, um, C H R I S T Y L E Z Z. Oh, one S. Okay. Yeah, one S, two Zs. That's how I like to say it. Um, Crystal's on Twitter. Crystal's on Instagram. Um, the, you can grab the book. It's all in my bio. I have a link tree just connected to anything. The book is called Bloody But Unbowed. Dot Big Cartel. Dot Com and you could just purchase a book there um, and just get the knowledge. You know, all of the secrets are right there in the book. And you can support the YouTube channel. You can support, you know, everything that I'm working on right now. So I just, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm grateful. And, you know, thank you to you thank both. You. Thank you. And doing what you're doing and imparting on the culture in the ways that you are. And let's just keep running it up. And all right, guys. That was Just, just Winging It. it. <laughs> Bye. Later, y'all.